0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Post 20 podcast. You're now listening to episode 182 of the show. My name is Evan. I'm joined as always by my co-host Matt. What's going on?
1: These weeks are always the longest when it comes to international breaks. Yeah. Especially when the U.S. play teams that definitely shouldn't be the teams we're playing. Um, Getting into Nations Leagues, I guess, right away. We qualified for the semi-finals in vegas this summer we are matched up against mexico funny enough in the semi-finals yep. uh, and the game is going to be on my birthday too both games june 15th so nice. hopefully it's a nice little birthday present there big two seven
0: yeah so the two games that uh well for, i guess we should say since there's no premier league football obviously this week um the agenda is pretty thin for us we have to predict some games and we're going to talk about you know the state of the table a little bit but <clears throat> as for our uh united states men's national team a five nil win over granada in which jesus
1: seven it was seven one
0: oh it was seven i'm sorry i had dude i had this pulled up that's all right <laughs> we we these played these are them always
1: games that we get we just blast them
0: five nil i was gonna say i thought there were seven goals that one, that one was five nil from June twelfth, twenty twenty two. Jesus yep. Christ! So, <laughs> eight goals total in this one. Seven one victory for the U.S. Um, Pepe with a goal. Aronson, McKinney had two. Uh, Pepe had another in the fifty third. Then we had Captain America and also Alejandro's and Dejaz who scored in the seventy second. Renata did get a consolation with a goal in the thirty second. But this one went I. I mean, pretty much how these sorts of games should go. Uh, Total domination, USA at the top of their qualifying group D. Uh, And then we had a game against El Salvador, which we won 1-0 as well. So, yeah, pretty good stuff that we're seeing out of the U.S. But what really are we supposed to expect uh, against (laughs) countries that are like, you know, the size of Rhode Island, you know?
1: Yeah. The El Salvador game was in Orlando, that second one. It was 85 degrees, 50% yeah. of humidity. You could tell the last 20 minutes the guys just wanted to go home. Uh, most of those guys going taking flights the next day probably to go back to Europe to play for their club teams. But I think that's a five-game win streak, the U.S. now, when they play in, in Florida. Yeah. So Flor- Florida's like, if we have a big game, that's where we need to play.
0: yeah. And another thing that I will mention is a certain somebody made a trip down to uh, Orlando, Florida this week. Arsenal Loney, E Fuller and Balogun, who technically is eligible to play for the United States, uh, was, strangely enough, in Orlando uh, at a Magic game, went to spring training uh, right around the time that the U.S. was there to play El Salvador. So... I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, he's playing for Reims right now uh, in League One, uh, the French League, or Uber Eats, as some of you may be <laughs> familiar with. Um, and he's absolutely lighting it up. He's got 17 goals uh, just in the league. So I think that's uh, that's something I- I'd certainly be interested in as a fan of not only him. I think he's a good player. And, of course, he is an Arsenal loanee, which is great, Um but from a U.S. men's perspective, I mean, that is a, a proven striker at this point who is not only young, but um, extremely talented. I don't know how you feel about that, but I think the more we can get, the better.
1: Yeah, absolutely. When you see Daryl DK struggling against El Salvador, and uh, Ricardo Pepe did score in both matches we had. He got the game winner against El Salvador right when he came in. So. Yeah good signs there he's his parent club is Augsburg and mm-hmm. the Bundesliga but this season he was loaned out to PSV I believe yeah uh, or no, um Groningen or something one of those Dutch teams and I think PSV and IX are on the radar potentially to sign him fully but he he originally made like a 20 million pound move to Augsburg last year that was the big move he made from um playing in the states so...
0: came from FC, FC Dallas right
1: yeah the fc Dallas academy is probably the best in the mls i would have to say when it comes to just make to building talent so that's good there for the u.s and other fronts i was just scrolling here in the euro qualifiers because next summer we're back at it with the euros again that came back fast but First and second match days of qualifiers. Belgium beat Sweden three nil. Romelu Lukaku got a hat trick on your Sweden. What does yeah. that make you feel like?
0: I mean, that's a tough look. It's a really tough look, especially because it's it's Lukaku. I think I'm on record. There was a period where I was like mega high on Lukaku, but within yeah. the past, I mean, you know, year year and a half uh after the first six weeks he was good at Chelsea that I, I sort of changed my tune. So that's a very tough look for for Sweden. Uh for my my adopted team, the team that I root for when the Euro comes around. Uh we we just don't like to see that, especially after the performance uh Lukaku put up at the World Cup. I mean, you, you would have thought that the guy was finished, but that's it's not like Sweden or a cupcake. That's clearly not the case.
1: We also saw Portugal win four nil over Liechtenstein. Yep. Ronaldo Brace in the newly managed Roberto Martinez country led team. Um England two wins, beat Italy 2-1, playing a man down, Luke Shaw also be Ukraine 2-0. Wales getting a big boy draw against Croatia. Uh Portugal then putting their dick on Luxembourg's face, <laughs> 6-0, another Ronaldo Brace portugal leading their group the groups for these euros are kind of a joke it's ridiculous
0: yeah i know it's it is nuts i mean there was a lot of games like there were some strange games that i sort of had my eye on Uh, a couple days ago i watched the i don't know how i found it but i found like an illegal stream and i was watching georgia versus norway um (laughs) i i really like that um i still can't pronounce his name I, I just call him. I just Georgia's. call him Kvaradana because uh, he plays for Napoli. He's he's yeah. unreal,ly so good. Kvicha, uh, Kvarachilia. I'm getting better, but I still can't pronounce it the way it's supposed to be pronounced. Um, that was a, a crazy game. I mean, there's some guys on that Georgia team that really put put a shift in. And then you look at Norway, and it's like how how with Sorloth Odegaard. And Holland, Holland didn't play. I, I, yeah, he him, I don't think he's, camp with he's an injury. fit, right? So that's something to keep your eye on. But I don't see how with those three guys alongside, like Elunesi, he's a proven talent. Uh, their their backline sort of leaves a bit to be desired. But that should be a team that makes it in just on their offensive prowess. Sorloth, Holland, and Odegaard is fucking yeah. crazy. And if they were to just put those two guys up top and let Odegaard play through balls through, I I just think that's a team that come come Euro time like, you never know, man. They could be seriously seriously threatening. So that was something I wanted to to watch. It's crazy, man. These Euro qualifiers like they're typically really boring. Um, yeah, and it's a lot of like just big countries stunting on the other countries, but the score lines really weren't that, you know, like outlandish. Iceland beat Liechtenstein seven nil, but Liechtenstein's a country the size of New Jersey, uh, or South Jersey rather. Everything else, I don't think there was more than like you know, Sweden, Azerbaijan. That was another five goal game. But it's pretty low. The scoring is pretty low and these teams aren't always in the best of shape during during qualifiers. It's slow stuff. Um, did you get a chance to look at the the scoreline from Netherlands versus Gibraltar?
1: 3-0?
0: It was 3-0, but click on it and take a look at the shots.
1: Oh, my God. 52 to 0. 52
0: shots to 0.
1: It was... I
0: went back and watched it. They were just pumping. They were just shooting from anywhere that they had the ball. They held the ball for 90% of the game and they were just pumping the net with as many shots as they possibly could. The shocking thing to me was they were only able to get 12 of 52 shots on target. That's appalling.
1: Gibraltar was playing a man down for most of the second half. They
0: were, it's true. Liam Walker uh, sounds like a guy from Gibraltar with a red card in the 51st, but that one was, was absolutely insane. I thought that was fucking hilarious, especially when you look at the sort of talent that, that the Netherlands have. You would think maybe they'd be able to beat Gibraltar by more than three, but they were unable to do so. I'm looking um,
1: here. The last, the last one I'm touching on with the Euros is the uh, biggest stunner. Scott McTominay brace. That's round right. To Spain nil. What That's happened right. there? I
0: have no idea. I I saw that McTominay scored twice. Um, I I didn't. After I saw that, I was like, I I don't need to look into this any further. Um, what I will tell you right now is up top for Spain it was Oyarzabal, Joselo, uh, and Jeremy Pino. So, not uh not necessarily the best Spanish lineup that that we could have seen. Mm-hmm. Um they are certainly a team Spain that we grew up watching play some of the most liquid beautiful football ever and now like the era just hasn't refreshed. Um Xavi and Iniesta are gone. There is no Carlos Puyol. There is no Sergio Ramos. Pique is gone their left and right backs who they always manage to have like, unreal Danny Carvajal like he's towards the end of his career and then up top there's just nobody that like really moves me the days are Fernando Torres are gone like your best striker is Alvaro Morata it's kind of crazy that there hasn't been like a region because the Spanish talent systems are so good at Madrid and and at Barcelona and, and even all the way down to clubs like Espanol like Good players come out of these these systems and it hasn't really happened in the last five or six years. It's been a lot of those clubs. I I'm looking at Barça and <clears> Atleti <throat> at and Madrid mostly, but they've they've farmed they've looked for players for regions of their their talisman players in other spots. Benzema is Spanish, Modric is Croatian, Tony Cruz is German. It's kind of crazy to see like the, the drop-off in Spanish talent over the last 10 or 15 years. It's been nuts.
1: Yeah, when we go to South America, Argentina playing for the first time since the, winning the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Got a 2-0 win over Panama. Messi got a goal in the 89th, as well as a 7-0 win over uh, Curaca. I didn't pronounce that right. Oh, uh, uh, Curacao. Nation. Yeah. Yeah, and they, they play in the CONCACAF. 7-0 Messi, uh, Hattie. And we also saw Brazil lose 2-1 to Morocco. Morocco carrying on their form from the World Cup there. Obviously not a first-team Brazil team, but still the likes of Casemiro, Militao, Tau, uh, Vinny Jr., Rodrigo Paquette's all on the team. They still drop, dropping there. Just a friendly, but still. Yeah.
0: I was going to say that must have been a, just a straight-up friendly because
1: obviously... It was, it was in Morocco too, so... Okay,
0: so yeah, I mean that that plays a little bit, but um, who scored for Morocco? Uh,
1: Buffal and twenty ninth Sabiri. Yeah,
0: yeah, he was good at the World Cup. That Sabiri guy as well. I think he plays in. Um, he plays in Italy. I think he plays for like Sampdoria or Cagliari or maybe not Cagliari, Bologna, something like that, Bologna. However, the fuck you say it. Um, yeah, it's Sampdoria. Oh, there we go. I was right with my first guess. It's it's kind of crazy. Um Morocco, when you look at their team, like there is some seriously really good players. Uh Bono, who was a just total standout at the World Cup. Uh Aguirre Maserawi, Hakimi, of course, one of the best fullbacks in the entire world. Uh if they're able to sort of continue this little run, like if you look at ages it's not totally impossible for Morocco to be a good team heading into the next World Cup even if they're able to, you know, produce a little bit more and maybe uh hold on to some of these guys that were so instrumental for them at the last World Cup. I I wouldn't count Morocco out. You know, they were a total dark horse this year. I don't think anybody expected them to do what they did. Uh but I certainly will keep my eyes on them for the next World Cup. I don't I don't doubt that whatsoever.
1: Yeah. Um other than that, I didn't really have any other international games to touch on.
0: Oh, we should talk about Kane. Um, Harry
1: Kane breaking the, the goal record, right?
0: Yeah, I believe that was Alan Shears, right?
1: Uh or England? I it was, was it his? I thought it was Rooney's.
0: Oh, maybe it was Rooney. It was Rooney. Um, So, let me pull this up. I want the exact number. Um,
1: 55 he yeah. has and yep. Rooney had 53.
0: Yeah, so he was tied with Rooney for for some time. Um, He would have gone, he would have broken the record if he scored that penalty at the World (laughs) Cup, actually, strangely enough. Awkward. And he wasn't able to do that, but he's got two goals uh, in his last two games, I believe, for England. So he now has 55 goals and 82 appearances uh, for the three Lions. He's appeared and scored at every youth level and made a goal-scoring debut with the senior team. Uh, when he was just 21 years old. So it's been quite some time that <clears throat> Harry Kane's been playing for England now. And what a uh, what a thing to hang on your hat. You know, 55 goals and 82 appearances, not a bad conversion rate. Uh, but, of course, something I think we all had seen coming for some time just because of the level that he's been able to sustain with both club and country throughout the past, I guess it's been almost a decade now at this point.
1: I don't know if you want to open the can of worms on it, but is uh is Harry Kane the best ever forward for England? The uh, best English forward ever.
0: I mean, I'm very, very, very partial to Rooney,
1: but um,
0: I don't. I'm not sure you can argue honestly with with Kane's um.
1: Do we have to make the distinction, like separating it on a club level and then an international.
0: I, no, I don't I think the two things are married because they were both so good for club and for country. You know what I mean If one of them had only played a very short career for England uh or vice versa for their club team, then I would say you know maybe we have to divorce those things and take a look at it separately, but they both were like Rooney was obviously incredible for United and incredible for England, and then the same thing for for kane with with this England team and with Spurs um I still go with Rooney but I think that's I think that's just me looking through you know the rose-tinted glasses nostalgia uh but what do you think you think Kane's Kane is a better finisher but I think Rooney was just I don't know he was different he was like a little bulldog I like the intensity that he played with what do you how do you feel do you think Rooney was better
1: I think Rooney brought something that Kane doesn't. I agree. Rooney's just got that energy about him. Yep. But if I had to pick between the two to get the job done, I'd probably take Kane. He's just a pure clinical finisher. Yeah. He's he's a great facilitator as well. We've seen him him and Sons link up over their time at Spurs. It's really tough to not take Harry Kane because he's had the pressure on him for so long since he's been with England and he's the main force behind spurs being where they are every year in the league. There's going to be the whole debate we're going to talk about all summer whether he leaves or stays. If it's dragged on like last time with City, but now he's in a more he's in a better position of leverage now where he can either decide on leaving for on a cheap deal or this is next season will be his last year as a Tottenham player and he leaves on a free. So yeah. I would definitely take Kane over Rooney if I had to pick a team but there's just something about Rooney I think it like you mentioned it has to do with nostalgia and growing up watching that certain guys and you're always going to be biased towards them so yeah there's always something that pulls you to Rooney but uh, if I'm thinking objectively I'd probably pick Kane
0: yeah, funnily enough, uh, I mean, we have time. This is not going to be a crazy long episode, so I wanted to bring this up. But we were watching Jeopardy. We watched Jeopardy as a family some nights, and there was a question about Beckham. I actually wasn't home, but there was a question, you know, something about a free kick in 1996. And both my parents said, Beckham, that, you know, they don't know ball, like we know ball, but I was like, no, that's wrong. It was Beckham. Um, and I just got to thinking about, like, that era of United. I caught the tail end of Beckham, but of Rooney and Ronaldo. Like, I don't – and it's crazy because I hate Ronaldo now, but I had so much – I'm so much enjoyment I got out of watching those early 2000s uh, United teams. Like, it rivals just – just rivals what i feel watching like arsenal now it was crazy they were so fun to watch and rooney is like quite easily in my top probably top five maybe more of of you know favorite players he was just if you guys go back if you have a second and you you didn't watch uh during that period and it was hard to do it because it wasn't around on tv all that much like That guy was so fucking different. Some of the screamers, the long shots that he scored, like you just do not see that anymore. You don't see it. It's very rare. And that guy scored them with ease. His outside the foot, just like screamer from 30 yards out was was insane.
1: Yeah, when I think about Beckham, Beckham was definitely an inspiration for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Watching the game and making me want to play him and Ronaldinho definitely my yeah. two guys, but when I think of Beckham, I always think about Madrid and the Galactico days. Yeah, R nine, you got young Ramos at fullback, Iker, uh, Zidane, like, and then playing Barcelona. Like those were definitely games I always think back to. Like those were the best times to watch uh, El Clasico and. Nowadays, it just doesn't have the same feeling. Um just, No, yeah, it doesn't. Always, there's just always something like just you think back to your childhood and the better days, and those always tie in. And I think that always has a sentimental pull, when we think about those. And it's tough to compare people from different eras. It's just impossible. It's never something you can do. There's never a wrong answer, I guess, in those type of debates, really. Yeah,
0: and then... I wanted to also. This this is this feels like a commemorating somebody who died, but Mesut Ozil, one of my favorite players ever, announced his his retirement from football. Yeah. So I I went back um and looked through you know I don't know I probably spent ten hours, not maybe not ten but at least five hours watching compilations, uh, not only of when he was at Arsenal but. Um, at Madrid and at Schalke, dude he and I always got a lot of flack for this because all he did was pass, but he was different, so you know I'd just like to congratulate mesdozo on a, a sensational career and and just say that i i will tr- i truly miss watching him uh in an arsenal kit, but i just i you know I miss watching him in general because he was sort of the the archetype for players like KDB KDB's kicked it up a notch but man Ozil was was crazy and that's another player if you guys haven't seen uh you know any of the stuff that he did like go watch it because there's not a lot of players who passed the ball like he did he had insane vision he was truly something special
1: yeah my most memorable memorable goal from him is definitely I think in the I think it was the the Champions League if not the Europa League against Galatasaray. Yeah. Fenerbahce just yeah. skinning two defenders and being the goalie and just fake shots and yeah he was a special player. It was sad to see his career end the way it did going to Turkey and that who would really like to see him still play at the highest level but yeah he was with Madrid right around uh, when the dynasty was going, it was it was
0: right when Modric got there. I think like he had yeah. just come in from
1: Spurs. It was a fresh Ronaldo there. Um, Bale was just joining the party. If not, yeah. maybe they were one going out the opposite ends. But yeah, MD Maria Ronaldo like Benzema. Those were those were better times for Arsenal and Prime Ramos. He was a big contributor to getting Arsenal to where they are today.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. That 2015 season, uh, I think that was the year he had like 14 goals and 14 assists. Like it was, it was crazy. He tied Henri's club record for assists that year. Um, man, that was <laughs> like I was so much more stoked then that Arsenal were competing for first place, and then obviously crippled when they placed second that year. But at It just feels like a totally different generation, and I guess it is. Like there are no players from that team besides maybe we had Jaka. Then maybe he he would have just come in, but pretty much like that's it. It was, you know, it was just him, and it's crazy to see how far they've come. And well, I guess it has been eight years. Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, okay. Uh, Let me take the the rose-colored glasses off. Let us um, talk about the state of the Premier League table, unless there's something else you wanted to add.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to get back to, well, like you mentioned, we're bringing it to modern day and that Spurs pulled the trigger. We were talking the the day before (laughs) Antonio Conte got the sack or left on mutual agreement, whatever you want to decide. It happened. But we were talking the day before on what they should have done and we believed that he was going to leave and he pretty much asked for his death sentence and they gave it to him so what do you think was it the right move 10 games left they're going to stick it out with his his main his uh still like his backup guy that's been sticking through yes they... uh, and every every time he's there they do a significantly good job um what do you think on the stance uh, yeah. of alleviating the board and what they did
0: yeah i mean right thing uh wrong thing, probably was hiring him in the first place, but they did the right thing by getting rid of him uh He was being such a bastard the past couple of weeks that I really don't think they had a chance they were gonna look uh completely incompetent, even more incompetent than they already are, but it they would have looked like clowns if they if they didn't sack him, so that's what they had to do uh can't fault him for it can't blame them for it. Uh, they've got to move on and, and hopefully make a better decision in, in who they bring in next. Uh, I did see they're, they're they're already ruling somebody out because he doesn't get along with, with Levy. So, I mean, I feel like that's fucking every manager ever, probably, because he's so cheap. But it is, like, kind of, sh- I don't really know who else they're going to be able to bring in besides maybe Potch because, or well, I guess Nagelsmann now, too um but yeah i i do think it was the the right choice
1: yeah so players like kulisovsky and, and son came out and still believed he was a great manager and yeah. respected him and son even came out and said that he wished he could have done better on the field to keep him around and wish things didn't end the way he did and that's just Sonny how he is he's just a class guy
0: i just think he's a nice guy he might be too nice
1: yeah, that's the bad part. I think that's why he's not doing as well this year. He's not a cutthroat killer. Yeah,
0: he's not a ki- he doesn't have killer instinct. He needs to uh, commit some crimes or something.
1: Yeah, uh you mentioned Nagelsmann's available. Thomas Tuchel we've mentioned potential person to replace Conte at Spurs, but he signs with Bayern. They bring in a guy that's won yeah. the Champions League re- recently. He's a he's a competition or a a tournament type manager and with the short time left and they match up against Man City he's had Pep's number multiple times under Chelsea yeah Uh, what do you think of that move
0: I mean I think that's completely insane uh I'm pretty sure Nagelsmann only lost like three games in the league this year
1: I think he had like a 80 percent win percentage that is time there or something
0: that's so fucking psychotic to do. And it's not really something like Byron or notorious for doing that kind of like skeezy shit. But I guess there was just some misunderstandings and, and disagreements between he and the board. That's, that's as far as I know, that's what it comes Style down to. Style of play. Style of play. And that's just that is sometimes the way that it it happens so they're gonna
1: realize he was only 35
0: he's really young yeah Julian Nagelsmann's really really young and he's obviously an extremely good manager so that's something you know maybe Spurs I, I don't think he'd be a bad fit I think he's extremely talented he plays a modern style of football um that's something that I think especially with his his youth like that could work at Tottenham because the issue with Conte is because he, I thought he's so strict. He's so, so, so strict. He changed everything about what the players did training wise, regimen all the way down to exercise, uh, nutrition. Like he wanted a full overhaul of all that stuff. And I just think it, it took precedent over the football itself. And that's, that's an issue. So, um, I'd be curious to see Tottenham sort of go in for for Nagelsmann, but I do think Poch is still the uh, number one. You know, I th- I think he has a lot of love for Tottenham and the Tottenham fans and players really also have a lot of love for him. So, well, um,
1: but is it is it always good for your exes to get back together?
0: No, for sure not. Uh, I mean, I can speak from personal experience that clean break is better. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, it's worked I mean, before. Chelsea and Mourinho. Mourinho is the fucking worst cheating, dirty <laughs> bastard of all time, dude. And and it it worked.
1: I would honestly take him back a third time.
0: I know you would. Any any sane person would. The guy, God, as much as I fucking hate him, he's a, he's a sicko. But he is a really good manager, and players play for him. It didn't work at Spurs. I don't know why. But it's worked at Roma. It's worked at Madrid. It's where he's been all over the place. And it pretty much works every time. Didn't work at United either, but
1: I think I saw the last thing on the Spurs management. I think the last three managers they've had for over fifty matches have collectively won like over thirty trophies or something. Yeah. And at Tottenham in total they've only won like one or two.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a Tottenham problem, right? Maybe not a managerial problem. It has to be, but I don't
1: you know. You can't have all these. You can't have all these great managers and constantly be their fault. Like these guys are there for two to three years. Conte was there 18 months. Like, yeah. And you have you have the talent there. You got Kane, Son. These guys are golden boot winners. Kulusevski cool so he's a good player. The midfield is decent. Like Uyberg, Like we're starting to see Lloris is out. He's on the downslope big time. Um, today, I was listening back to past episodes of ours. I was listening to specifically month by month, the end of every month, where we were at with things. And you brought up two, three months ago, like Lloris is on the downspin since the World Cup. And I yeah. think Forrester needs a step. And we were, we've we been seeing this a long time. So it kind of know.
0: stinks too, though, Forrester.
1: I yeah, I, I, mean, I might
0: be holding the L on that one.
1: I... You also it comes down to recruitment. Eve's Basuma. no yep. No idea where this guy's been. He literally was Kaiseido last year. Yeah, it was so good. Two years ago. He made a big move. Shit year. Richarlson, big player for Everton. Yeah, comes was to Spurs. L. Shit. Dan Juma. We talked about January transfer move. This guy was on five clubs radars in the Prem. He goes oh. to Spurs for big money. I don't think he's played one minute in the Prem.
0: No, he hasn't. I think he's he maybe has one appearance or two appearances,
1: if that. Like, all these signings they're making aren't having any effect, and the ones that are like pretty insignificant. And Benton Corb getting hurt that was in huge. January was massive. So they have 10 games left under familiar management. Um, potentially they get that new manager bounce off the beginning, if you want to think that, but... It's going to be tough with teams like Newcastle right behind them, Liverpool still always there. You never know under Klopp, Brighton are right there with Matt. Three games in hand on Tottenham. So they're in a bit of a downspin.
0: Yeah. I mean, they've got a three in their last five, which it could be more concerning. I suppose they they could be you know in awful form with a point or so in their last five. They've got nine in their last 15 possible, which is, pretty decent, especially at this point in the season with fixture congestion, exhaustion, uh, which they were dealing with a little bit, you know, after the World Cup. But now, you know, they do truly settle in to the point in the season where this is the thing that matters. But they're not winning a trophy this year. It's not going to happen. Another. Another trophy-less year. And maybe maybe they'll get a new manager bounce. I don't necessarily see that happening because they've been playing with Stellini for Low key like two months. Um, because Conte was what did he have? Gallbladder, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um and very he very was young. gone. He was gone for like three weeks. So uh I think this is the guy that's sort of been leading training and, and been at the helm, especially because Conte just checked the fuck out. Um so I don't know if they'll get the balance, but it does seem like they, they at least try to play for him. Uh, and that's going to be important coming down the stretch here. But like you mentioned, and this is kind of leading us into our conversation about what top four looks like and what relegation looks like, Brighton have three games in hand on Tottenham, a game in hand on United, a game in hand on Liverpool, and then two games in hand on the three teams that are right below them in eighth, ninth, and tenth, which are Brentford, Fulham, and Chelsea. So Brighton are poised to if they play well in their next 3 games make a jump into probably if not 5 that 4 spot because they're the team that move me the most in terms of potential top 4 teams i think brighton have played and earned it this year uh i fancy them you know over liverpool over newcastle because they don't score and really at this point over tottenham so I think this, you know, this top three is largely unchanged, except maybe the top three is unchanged. The top four is mostly unchanged, I think. Besides maybe Brighton, I
1: wouldn't, I wouldn't count out a United slip up.
0: Just well, no, I guess that's fair. Four I games was so hard on them. Era. I was so hard on them this year at the beginning. Yeah, and now, like, I don't want to say a bad word about them. Kind of weird, yeah. cause they're All still right. kind of stinky, but Rashford. He
1: yeah. can't be hot for the whole year. We've seen that with Almiron. Now he's—I think Almiron's out until the end of the year, if not mid-May.
0: I mean, the guy's getting a foot birthday card. He's on fire.
1: Yeah. All right. Do you want to jump into the predictions, or do you want to do the top four relegation?
0: Let's do top four relegations.
1: Okay. Well, you want to start with the bottom top bottom of the table top.
0: Let's start at the top.
1: Okay, um, I I think top two doesn't change. I think no. Arsenal win the league, oh. and I think I think City comes second. It does all come down to that that matchup between the two sides. If Arsenal win that, I would say they would definitely be at least this distance, eight to nine points clear. them with at that point five games left in the league and. Arsenal would need to lose every single game to have a slip-up. But if City win that game, it keeps it tight. My The difference I have is this year, out of all the years, Man City have dropped so many points. Yeah. It's incredible. A lot of weird they, draws. They have four draws, four defeats, while Arsenal only have three draws and three defeats. Obviously, a lot of late drama winners. Arsenal have had a lot more of those than City. And you can definitely tell the difference in City playing this year compared to years past where they've dominated. The one year they had over 100 points, uh, or 100, I think it's over 100 goals or something, 100 points, 100 goals, whatever. But yeah, with Holland in there, it's a massive difference. And their schedule the rest of the year isn't that easy. They still have, obviously, they're in the Champions League, the Arsenal matchup, and they play Chelsea as well. Um, now that I look at it all, they They don't have the toughest of schedules for those teams up there, but we've seen Everton have challenged them. Brentford beat them already. They play them again. Fulham have tested them. They still play Brighton. I mean, there's definitely games in there where I see them slipping up, and I think Arsenal just have shown they can keep up and jump even higher above them. So I think that stays the same. I mentioned United potentially slipping out of this. These next four games without Casemiro are going to define where they finish, in my opinion. Um, those four being against Newcastle, Brentford, Everton, and Forest. So, not and, easy
0: games, really.
1: Two of them are pretty tough. They go on the road for Forest. Oh, um, tricky Trees. After that, they still have Chelsea, Spurs, Villa, Brighton again. Um, and the year against Fulham, but I, I discredit Fulham now with what their situation is. But I think United would finish, fourth, I think they dropped a fourth. And then, it's tough. I, I still, at the beginning of the year, I have Tottenham finishing third. I would like to believe they they have a positive bounce with Conte out. Uh, with the interim manager, we've seen them in the past with Ryan Mason. After the Mourinho cut, I think it was, he stepped in for the remainder of the year and they didn't do too bad. But, I don't know. There's just something about Liverpool that just sneaks up on me. So yeah. um, I think Liverpool somehow squeak in that top four, whether it's third or fourth, I would have them in United in there. So I think Tottenham just miss out and Brighton have so many games left with fixture congestion. And I don't know if deserve can keep it up for the remainder of the year. So I'll go Arsenal City, Liverpool United.
0: I mean, this, this one is, is pretty simple for me. Uh, I do think Arsenal win the league as well. I don't, I think it would be just fake of me to not put them up there. Uh, I have to ride with my boys. I think City finished, too, as well. I, I actually think United somehow or another scrape things together with no Casemiro. I know the track record with no Casemiro is not good this year. Right. Um, but I there's just something about this United team, the way that they attack, that that tells me, like, Rashford's going to put the team on his back, and they're just going to put their heads down and get through it. Um, I think it's important that they do that this year. Well, Sabitzer's hurt, too, by the way. Um, yeah. Which I just thought, totally forgot about. Erickson is
1: Erickson's still out until May. Yeah,
0: so that's that's not ideal.
1: Um, Fred but McTominay.
0: Yeah, it's it, well, Fred, McTominay just scored two goals, so they're fine. Um,
1: yeah, in a in a Scotland kit. Right,
0: right. Um, I think United somehow get through it. I think them carrying confidence into next season is extremely important. They're still in the Europa League. Um, United could still get a couple of trophies out of this year, and yeah. I think if they're
1: we talked about a treble, yeah,
0: it's possible. I mean, it's an ugly treble, but it, a treble's a treble, and. If you're able to carry that sort of energy and momentum, in you know with those games, then why can't you just go on the weekend and win in the prem too? There's nothing saying they can't. I think they're all bought into Ten Hag's system, and as I've said five times on the show already, Rashford is just fucking mega this year. He's so good, and I think I think United could totally stick it out. Um. Then in fourth, I I think Brighton make their way up the table. Tottenham, I'm not totally sold on them coming down the stretch at the end of the season. I think they could finish fifth. I think Newcastle dropped down to sixth, and I think Liverpool actually dropped down to seventh. So my top four I have Arsenal, City, United, uh, and Brighton. I just think Brighton have played too good this season, um, and they've been too consistent to not earn themselves a top four finish. And that might be bold um matt's you know point about fixture congestion is a good point um but i think they play for deservey and i think they have enough talent to to actually be a top four team in the prem this season we've seen this kind of shit happen before and i think this could be another year where we see it
1: what do you think that does for the summer and the upcoming season for brighton
0: but I mean, they're going to be playing Champions League football, right? That's uh, that's fucking important. I don't think they're we going to do anything in Champions League football. But
1: we saw it, the same thing happen with Leicester after they won the league.
0: We did, unfortunately. But and they
1: that didn't turn out turn well.
0: They signed um, who did they get that year? Did they get any big signings the year they won the league? No, they I'd kind have, of got raided, didn't they?
1: I'd have to look back. I think Mar. I think, Mar-
0: I think Mara is and. And, um, what's his Single. name? And Conte, Conte left. left that year.
1: He left, yeah, Conte left that summer and joined Chelsea, and then we won that year.
0: Yeah, so, I don't know. I don't think, P- I don't think Brighton's going to be the type of team that lets them get, you know, that lets themselves get raided, sorry. Um, Caicedo, we saw him retain him, which was huge, because he wanted to leave on, like, 100 million pounds uh and they they saved him they have solly march they have matoma um they have so many good players there that fit the system and just play really really well week in and week out so i don't think they're going to do any damage in the champions league but there's a lot of teams that i don't think you know really belong in the champions league and are there every year i'm looking at you bruges um you know clubs of that nature total pretenders but Champions League football attracts good players, so we could be seeing Brighton on the come up, or we could be seeing another Leicester City story. Who who the fuck knows, really?
1: Uh, the summer after Leicester won the title, uh, they brought in Islam Slimani. Oh brother! brother. They brought in Aman Musa, Wilfred Ndidi, and, and Nampalys Mendy. Those get those last two are still there. Mendy's still there, yeah. They also got rid of. Conte, Schlupp, Kramaric, those are the main guys that left. And then Mars didn't leave for another two seasons.
0: Okay, so Mahrez stayed. But they lost Conte, who was, like, everything. I don't really think you can, like, overstate how important he was
1: to that yeah, team. he's looking to sign another two-year deal with Chelsea.
0: I know, which, I don't know, they're just sort of paying for whatever sort of properties he has all over the south of France, probably. He doesn't. He care. surely doesn't play football. Um, he still.
1: He still got robbed. The, I think Tuchel didn't let him go to somebody's we, friend's wedding or something. I think it was him. Yeah. It was like uh, I don't care. Give him the world. I yeah. I hope he stays at the club the rest of his life.
0: What a nice guy, though. I mean, I'm a huge Mendy fan. I, he, that year with Lester was like, dude. He was like Makaleli in a tiny little package, <laughs> like he's like five foot five and he's bossing and controlling a midfield and they won the league and they were outplaying every other team. It was just yeah. so crazy. And Conte, especially for his age, I mean, what a talented player. It's a shame he's had so many injuries in this later stage of his career. But I agree he does he does deserve the world.
1: Yeah. Okay. Going to relegation. This is, if you want to say, even more unpredictable than the top four. Nine teams in contention, four points separating 12th to 20th. I think two of the three are pretty certain, in my opinion. Southampton, Bournemouth definitely going down. And it just comes down to that last spot for me. There's seven teams, one spot. And for me, it's between Leeds Palace and Leicester. I think Leicester stay up just because of their attack. Depends on if Madison's fitness. Obviously, their strikers haven't done anything, and Tilly is going to be out for another week or two, I think, with a hamstring issue. So I think they just scrape it. Leeds, Tyler Adams is set to be out the remainder of the year yeah. with hamstring surgery. That's a massive loss. I think Waber's hurt as well. They're signing as a center back, and we know Bamford's inconsistency. Aronson hasn't been the best this year. Uh, McKinney's doing what he can. I mean, they're relying on such young guys to keep them up. Last year, it was Rafinha who dragged them out this year. They don't have anybody to that standard, so... And then Palace, I think they stay up just based off the new manager bounce. I think Hodgson's does keep them up. So God. I think it's Leeds, Bournemouth, and Southampton that go down. I
0: agree with Bournemouth and Southampton. I am so happy to see Bournemouth go down. Um, they took years off my life with that Arsenal game. I, I actually I thought I was going to die. Uh, watching that game so I'm glad to to say that I do think they'll go down Southampton same thing I'm looking forward to whoever gets James Ward Prowse uh because he surely won't stay there and then in the 18th spot man it's it's really tough uh I know you and I both I sort of co-signed your palace take um after you know their recent run of form but i think they're able to stay up too. They're on 27 points. I could much easier see Nottingham Forest. Um yeah. Yeah. Go down. I think Leicester stay up. I think West Ham stay up. I I think I'm going to say Forest go down as well. I just I can't right. see it. They've been really good um at home, but just not enough wins this year and i don't think um, outside of Brennan Johnson, that they really have that dynamic of a team.
1: Yeah, they rely heavily on him. Where's Jay getting... Lings, by the way? Can he, we free him? He just took the bag for the year, man. He just signed on the dotted line for a year, got paid an extraordinary amount, and he's going to leave after this year. So. We
0: got to free him. We got to send him to Everton or some shit. Yeah,
1: West Ham need him again for uh, that oh, one. Load. Yeah,
0: they, he should go back to West Ham. He was um, mega there.
1: Yeah, he was. He got them that top six. Uh, I think it was last year. Yeah, um, But yeah, that was a crazy loan move. We talked last year. That was definitely a good signing. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think West Ham are out of the woods. I think if all things come down to it, I think West Ham going down would be the best for a lot of teams in the Prem there would be a fire sale there. Declan Rice would go to one of the big teams. He'd have to. Uh, Arsenal. Ben Ben Rama, Fabianski would get on a a mid-table team like a Palace or um, maybe a Brentford if Raya leaves for one of the bigger teams. So um, I think that would help a lot more of the teams. But, yeah, I don't know. Anybody's guess is as good as ours. If If you think on forum right now, you'd go Palace, go down. Uh, We saw Rod Hodgson last year with Watford wasn't inspiring. And the only thing I would give credit to him is he has that familiarity with the club. He was already there for multiple years in the past. So I think that that helps a lot. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I'm more interested honestly in the relegation than the title really just because of how tight it is. Obviously if, Arsenal start drop start dropping some points and we're in one to two point territory. Then it's like, yeah, that's where the attention goes. But um, yeah,
0: I mean, this there's just so many shit fucking teams this year. I feel like,
1: and they still have to play each other so many times. Um, the the gap. Big one, the Big one this weekend. Palace host Leicester.
0: Yeah, that's that's insane. That's a it's a six pointer. It's massive. Whoever wins that match is going to guarantee themselves safety.
1: I think. No,
0: I think so, dude. We're not that far from the end of the
1: season. No, I would. I think after another once we get to mid-April, late April, it's going to go super fast now that we're done in the international period. The next international break is after the season ends. So these games are going to be coming thick and fast. There's going to be a lot of midweek games as well. Brighton still have. Brighton have 13 games to play in the league in a eight week period including a fa cup match against united
0: oh that's nothing they got it they'll be fine so,
1: that's why i don't think they'll make top four they have so many games the most have anybody left
0: i mean that's very fair logic completely fair um plus,
1: plus having will beck as your backup striker isn't good true unless but... you're playing chelsea
0: or if you're playing against United, I mean, he Arsenal won the FA Cup in 2015 behind a, a Danny Welbeck goal against United. Yeah, I mean, put that put put that guy out there. Put Welbeck out there. He's gonna do it for you. Trust. Um, the gap between 12th and 20th is four points. I mean, Jesus Christ, I haven't seen nine, ten teams in this sort of congestion like. I feel like, in a, a long time. There's usually five or six teams that maybe could go down, but I feel like any from 12 to 20 are absolutely free game.
1: Yeah, I think out of the three years we've been covering the league exclusively, um, this is definitely the best season in my opinion, just the the amount of things that could possibly happen. Nobody's, nobody's safe, and nobody's out of, well, obviously there's two in the running for the title, but that's still not over. We've seen in the past, the COVID year, Liverpool ran away with it. So yeah. um, if Arsenal can clinch it before the the championship weekend, that would be great.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I looked today, or actually I was told um, that Arsenal's fixture against Wolves, GA, is 28,000 pounds. General admission is 28,000 pounds for that game. Because that's when people think the trophy ceremony will be. Mm. That is fucking insane. That's so much money. And there's no guarantee that Arsenal don't wrap the league up before then. Like, I don't know, dude. It's crazy to be thinking about that, but...
1: I guess uh, if you think, I think we're really jinxing it on this point. You I know to I don't want to talk if you don't, about it. Okay, I was gonna say. You can ask me. though, think, I'm
0: gonna answer it anyway.
1: Which game do you think Arsenal win the league? I think it comes down to the end. Um, you think it's
0: the Wolves? Maybe not Wolves, but maybe the week before. Uh, I think. I
1: think it comes. I think they win it against Newcastle May seventh. Yeah,
0: that's. I think I
1: think City trip up a bit.
0: That's what one week before the end of the season. No, two no, weeks. No, that's three weeks. That's no, three weeks. We have Forest, Brighton. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That would mean I would really. Think you would... think
1: it's that early? I think you guys win the match up against City. I think that decides it, and then you get a little, you get a little snowball effect on Chelsea. I'm gonna think that we're gonna roll over because we are, yeah. And I, I think Newcastle is the deal breaker. Ish.
0: I mean, if we win out, then yeah, it it could happen. What but, the what the fuck am I gonna do with myself for three weeks? Just gloat.
1: Pretty much. I mean, you might as well. You haven't won it in
0: twenty years. I I haven't. Yeah, I I haven't experienced it. I mean, I've experienced it through like books and, and and videos and watching every game of the season, you know, from the year they won. But like Well
1: we'll have to go out and celebrate if it happens. Oh, then.
0: you surely will. I'm gonna wind up with a tattoo. <laughs> I I already said i w I'll get one, so I just gotta figure out where I wanna put it. Um
1: You think it goes the end of the year though?
0: Yeah, I think it's. I don't think it's quite Newcastle. I think it's going to take a little bit longer than that. I I just respect Pep and City so much. Uh, begrudgingly, like I, that fucker's not going to make it easy. There's no way. No, no matter how
1: he will, but I think those defenders will. Yeah,
0: they do kind of stink. Um, but we're like now we're missing, Aliva and. So that's I'm only like,
1: for a game.
0: I know, but like. Tomi who's injured, like, I just don't, I don't know, things are getting weird already, like, I just have a bad feeling, and I think it's just because I've watched this kind of shit happen before, like, Arsenal always choke no matter what competition it is, I don't, I don't believe in the jinx, which you guys can clip that, those are, like, famous last words material, but I don't believe in the jinx, I just, I don't know, it's, things have gone too well, uh, 22 well, wins in 28 matches played with three losses. Like,
1: I don't know, dude. I I got faith. Um, your faith. That's I got good. I, I got one more prediction. It'll yep. be a quick one, and then we can get in. How many goals does Holland end on? He's got 28 in the league yeah, right now. The record's 32. He's yeah. got 11 games left. I mean, he's potentially will miss that. the Liverpool game. People don't know if he's been training or not. Um, He was not seen today at training ahead of Liverpool.
0: He got 28. I think he finishes on 36.
1: Eight goals in 11 games. That's yeah. fucking nothing. He could
0: score 15 goals in 11 games. Like,
1: that wouldn't then, surprise me at all. They play Liverpool, Southampton, Leicester. So that's six goals right there. Brighton, Arsenal, Fulham... West Ham, Leeds, Everton, Chelsea, Brentford. He kind of, I guess, he kind of put the Arsenal defenders in hell too. I think he's gonna end on forty goals. Yeah, you think higher? I think it's not twelve.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think thirty-six is very conservative, but I think he and, fucking destroys the record.
1: I think he scores forty goals. They lose in the semifinal final The champions league and they finished second in the league and everybody laughs at them and says they still couldn't win with the best striker in the world yeah um that's just me being petty and hopefully chelsea beat them in the semis but that's never gonna happen so that record 34 has stood it's 34 right it's 32 in a 38 game season it's 34 in a 34 game season or right something. and that was Andy Cole Shear and Cole a tie okay yeah so
0: yeah I mean that those are pretty uh not so much Andy Cole but Alan Shearer those are pretty uh, be hallowed I think,
1: names I just think he has two more hat tricks in him no easily and
0: who has it otherwise the 32 is Salah right yeah Yeah, and I mean, Holland is twice the player Salah is, in my opinion. um,
1: This is definitely Salah's worst year.
0: Yeah, for sure. But his reign was very short. Think about it. I thought it was like a
1: three-year reign. Three?
0: I don't think that's that long.
1: I would say from 18 to 21 was his peak. Yeah, I agree.
0: And he had a relatively late peak as well because he was... He was kind of carted all over the place. Like, he was at Chelsea, he was at Roma, he was all over.
1: I think he was Fiorentina before Roma. Yeah,
0: so, I don't know. I, I've always been hard on Salah, but
1: Holland is a is different
0: gravy. He's a, he's a different type of player.
1: Okay. Just, uh, it's just
0: that Liverpool affiliation, I think. That's right. I, they just make me furious. Um, okay, we've got quite a few games to preview here
1: or Are... uh, yeah we should i wanted to go up to monday yeah and then hopefully we can squeeze something in on that monday night before those midweek games because i don't think we should do like 17 no. predictions no no, no no i i totally agree okay just do like a short midweek episode and then we can do something else thursday or friday before the following weekend just uh, we already mentioned this there's going to be a lot of weird recordings with depending on if teams advance in the Champions League and and FA Cup and that.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. Um let's jump into these. We have we're starting off with an absolute fucking banger on Saturday morning at 7:30 Manchester City take on Liverpool at the Etihad. Uh the <clears throat> second place team taking on the 6th uh City obviously the resounding favorite for this one. And I think I, I think I have to take them. I don't think they're just gonna bow out now. They gotta get some wins here, and I think they do it here,
1: yeah, I got city as well. Zach's going with a draw uh Liverpool on the road, atrocious, but they did get that one 0 win early in the year. Howie's son assist on that long ball saw a spun cancelo um Foden will be out. He is recovering from, I think he had his appendix. Was it taken out of something? He had some sort of surgery. Yeah, and then the big question is Holland. There's no news on if Holland's going to be available. I think we had this early in the year. He missed like a late practice, uh, late in the week before their game, and Pep didn't say a word. He's pretty secretive on him, but I still think City get the job done with how fragile Liverpool's back line is. So um, obviously the midfield's another question as well, but. Yeah, I think City big win here. Uh, get the thing going.
0: Okay. Oh, uh, then we have Bournemouth versus Fulham up next. Uh, I think I'll hand this one to you.
1: I am really, really down on Fulham. That was another thing. Um, I don't know if we touched on it last week with the. I think we probably did with the suspension for yeah. Mitrovic. No, no Marco Silva on the sideline. William as well. So. They're going to be missing a lot of key guys. Um, their attack's really decimated in that. And I don't know if if your boy Solomon can carry the load there. Pereira's been pretty dead. Polinia is back, though. That's huge for them in the midfield battle. But I think Bournemouth at home do scrape something here. We talked about how tight it is at the bottom of the table. So it gives a lot of those teams hope, uh, which is the most dangerous thing a team can have. So... I think they scrape a point. Zach's going with an outright Bournemouth win. Where do you lie? Uh, I'm going to go
0: with Fulham. I'm actually down on them as well, but okay. I really think Bournemouth just aren't going to do enough in the last couple games to stay up. So um, I'm going to ride with Fulham, but like you said, it's really going to come down kind of to just like Manner Solomon and Willian. Uh, that's.
1: Willian that- suspended. Oh,
0: Willian is suspended.
1: Mm. They're probably going to go. With D. Cordova, Reed, Carlos Vinicius, Pereira, and Solomon, and they got Dan James and Harry Wilson on the bench.
0: Yeah, we got to see some Dan James, then. we got to see some pace. Um, I'm I gonna go with Dan, Fulham, but
1: I think he scored for Wales over the break. Yeah, he may have. I didn't watch. Or assist. Week. Yeah, yeah it's I, an ugly I, game. I, I just think Fulham's gonna finish eleventh. Like they have nothing to play for. I think Chelsea and Villa will jump them and. Fair. It's going to be a terrible end to what was an incredible start to the year for them. So I think I think it comes down to the hungry dog.
0: Yeah, they run faster. Okay, let's jump into Nottingham Forest versus Wolves. Uh, I'll take this one. This is a tough one. Tricky trees. Uh, at City Ground, so home game for Nottingham Forest. I think I'm going to take a draw. Both of these teams stink. Um, Nottingham Forest, I actually think are better team than Wolves, but they both have a tough time scoring, uh, on their day. I think this one's a low scoring draw, uh, maybe some, some late nonsense from Wolves to, to make a point.
1: I'm backing Forest at home. That's the only reason I think they stay up this year is the home fans, similar to how Everton did last year and will this year. Those home fans will drag them out. I am now questioning that looking at the depth chart, half of their 30 players have game time decision next to their name. Uh, (laughs) Especially uh, Emmanuel Dennis and Brennan Johnson are on there. So um, maybe not. Uh, I'll stick true with it. I think Forrest somehow scrape a win. And Zach's going with Wolves.
0: Okay. Um, up next, Crystal Palace versus Leicester City. Where are you at on this one?
1: Zach and I are on the same page. We are going new manager bounce never fails. We're going Palace. Hmm. Interesting. Leicester, man they they're really going to sweat this out till the end of the year, and I think Palace get their first win of twenty twenty three. Yeah, I'm with Palace too
0: on this one. I'll take the new manager bounce. I mean, I fucking hate Roy Hodgson with like every yeah. fiber of my being. He's old. He should probably be in a grave or a care home, one okay. of the two. But okay. I'm going to take Palace. I I think for some reason the guys show up and
1: play for him. Yeah, I believe that. Okay.
0: Arsenal versus Leeds up next. We're not going to talk about this. I'll take Arsenal in a route.
1: Yeah, this one is pretty cut and cut dry. I want to no see like time. nine goals. They have to. Um, they got to make a statement coming after a long break. I think this is a massive game for them. You already mentioned no Saliba. And Ketty is out. Uh, part to a game-time decision, but the core is still there, Jesus. It, it'll it be interesting to see if he starts or Trissard starts. If I had to guess, I think he still rides Trissard. Unfortunate for me fantasy-wise, but I think that just works for them currently. And for Leeds, just too many key guys are out. And it's going to be a lot. William Yanto is out as well. He's ruled out for the game. So they're going to be pretty frail up front, but positive for them. Rodrigo is healthy. We saw him score. We saw him score in that Wolves win before the break. So that might be an X factor that they've needed for a long time that keeps them in this game. But, yeah, Zach and I are going Arsenal.
0: Okay. Brighton Brentford up next. Who you got there?
1: This is the when I see these two teams, they it's just super tricky. The last time they played, Brentford won it 2 uh, 0, but Brighton had like 75% possession and tripled their passes. Should have won the game. I think Brighton at home here win it, and Zach is going up, so he's taking Brentford.
0: Okay, um, I'm gonna take Brighton, have to ride my adjusted prediction. I think that they win this game. Uh, It's a a huge game for them. They have to win this one uh, if they want to jump up in the table, especially with those games in hand. So after a long rest, they're not going to have a rest in another long while, so they better get this one. Uh, I'll take uh, the Seagulls or the Goals. I always call them the Seagulls. Chelsea versus Aston Villa up next. Um, This one has low scoring written all over it, I think, too. Uh, I was talking to somebody the other day. They seem to think that Ollie Watkins is gonna have a day. I I I oh. disagree. I I think Chelsea are gonna stick in this game. I think they eke out the win. I don't think it's gonna be pretty. Um, but I I think that they win this game like two one. I I don't know. Oh. Chelsea Chelsea feels a little bit different right now. So take them.
1: I really hope so because if we lose this game, we're gonna be in eleventh. Most likely, which I mean, is going to be very painful. Zach and I are taking Chelsea. A lot of guys over the break pulled from camp. Havertz with an illness. James and Fofana with tightness. Thiago Silva is still out. He should be back the following week. Um, when we who do we play the following game? Um, um...
0: Chelsea have Liverpool next.
1: Oh, lovely. Uh, and he That's will miss game. that game too. So, um short rest there. Yeah, I think they win it here. Um, hopefully Felix gets a brace here, that'd be nice to see. Uh, and there's updated news on Mason Mount uh this summer. It looks like we put out a valuation on him for teams to come in at at seventy million pounds.
0: Oh, good lord, he's not worth that.
1: Um, so if I would I would definitely take that price.
0: Yeah, no, for sure, as a Chelsea fan, I mean You'd for sure take seventy. Oh. I,
1: don't, I don't. I don't know who's paying that. I think the only people that Just are him. Uh, no, I, they don't have that money. <laughs> That's they. True. They got. They have to buy their way out of relegation right now. I think maybe Liverpool. Liverpool. I think Liverpool's number one on the list, and then there was talks of Bayern, but I don't see an English player going there. Um, no way. So yeah, he definitely. We definitely need to let him go because we have to let him go now for a profit. Um, because I think the quarter uh, profit loss came out with like negative 120 million or something. Yeah. So I think we have to make it up somewhere. There's a laundry list of people we are definitely looking to sell for a fire list or fire sale list. Um, but yeah, we have to win this game. And Villa are fucking scary to me because anytime I predict a Villa game, 95% of the time I get it wrong. So taking Chelsea here is not good.
0: Okay. Um quickly, if Mason Mount's worth 70, what's Jude Bellingham worth?
1: 150. That's okay. Same as Enzo.
0: I agree. Um okay, West Ham versus Southampton up next. Who you got here?
1: This game. I, we talked about Palace Leicester being massive. Two teams in the relegation zone. A win can define the next few weeks for them. David Moyes, everything's on the line here for the man. Yeah, uh, This could ruin his reputation as a manager if he gets West Ham relegated. And Unfortunately for me, I see this game ending in a draw. Zach, more positive, thinking West Ham win at home. I'm with
0: Zach. I think West Ham, too. I think that they might stay up. I don't know um, how,
1: but... That that new boy, Shkamaka, has oh, he stinks, that gone guy. hiding.
0: Yeah, he's he's in the he's in the coffin. I don't know. He that was uh, L signing
1: sure. As well as Cornet. Where the hell's he been? Oh yeah, he was my boy last year. He's he started the year off decent then he got hurt and could never get back at the team. I mean Antonio. But, well, I mean he stinks now. he's finished, but um, I found that him and Callum Wilson do a podcast. Really? Yeah, I heard. I was listening to it yesterday. Mikel
0: Antonio and Callum Wilson.
1: Yeah, they have. Yeah, uh-huh.
0: oh, you will have to link that to me. That sounds yeah. interesting. Those are two of my ex guys. Used to yeah. love them both. Um, okay, and then we have. Speaking of Callum Wilson, Newcastle versus Manchester United. Um, I'll take United. I I just. I don't know. I think maybe I'm even a part of Ten Hog's army now. I don't know. I I, I just think they win this game.
1: Zach is taking a draw.
0: Oh man. Don't yeah, worry, I'm Zach. Back. I'll root for them for you.
1: I'm taking Newcastle. This is the start of the slip. We already talked about it. I said they could slip top four. I think this starts it.
0: Okay. That's fair. Being consistent. No
1: Casemiro.
0: Yeah, no Casemiro.
1: Uh I Bruno Gamerez is licking his lips.
0: I'm expecting a McFred Masterclass. Uh, yeah, I'm expecting. At uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, and then our last game, Everton versus Tottenham.
1: And Once that a... game stinks. Once again, new manager bounce. Zach Air taking Spurs. <sighs> I wish I could take the under. Um, Whatever. It's usually... What I found out with Tottenham is whatever you think is going to happen... Yeah, I know. is not going to ...doesn't. So, my instinct was Sean Dyche at home, positive. They don't like having the ball. They play route one. Spurs don't like having the ball. They go out on the wings... Seamus Coleman is has twenty pace, yeah, (laughs) and they've been playing Ben Godfrey out on the left back, who isn't as nimble. And I think Kulsevsky feasts. All right, you're convincing
0: me. I guess I'll take Tottenham too. I feel like I want to take a draw, but like you said, like whenever you predict a fixture with Tottenham in it, whatever you think is going to happen just does not happen. And they could come out and look amazing for the first half and then somehow magically concede three goals to Everton. Like this kind of shit just happens to them sometimes.
1: So, given you a counterpoint, it's going to be Everton having a midfield of three versus Tottenham's two. So, and we've talked about relentlessly in the past, they have horses in the middle there for Everton. So, they do. That yeah. might be a game changer if you want to go on the fence
0: i think i'll take a draw i don't know i think this one this is going to be fucking physical
1: as hell that's what i can tell you i would say out of the three i think that would be the go-to but the most sensible i just i think i think the way i picked all the games this week i've not like almost every single game i've taken a positive result for the home team and that's the only one where i think i have a road team winning
0: okay um I guess I'll I I'll settle with the draw then. And I think okay. that's that's it for us, right?
1: Yeah. We'll we'll hopefully come back Monday night with an episode for the midweek fixtures. There's six games um four Tuesday and two Wednesday before the following weekends matchups and more big, massive matchups both in the relegation zone and potential top four race.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check us out on social media at Post20Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find all past episodes of the show on SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, and Apple Podcasts. We still managed to stretch this to like an hour and 15 for you guys. So hopefully you enjoyed, and uh, we'll see you early next week.